Hello and welcome, I'm Gavin. I'm in. And today we'll be talking about movie-related news as per usual, and we'll move on to some reviews. I'll be reviewing the um, movie 500 Days of Summer, the uh, new romantic uh, comedy drama. It's a, they call it a romantic comedy, I'm calling it a romantic comedy drama, mm-hmm. with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Zoe Deschanel. I'll also be reviewing Norwegian zombie horror movie uh, Dead Snow. I've been wanting to see this movie for a while. Yeah. This is some awesome marketing. The marketing on this has been very clever. They've kept it nice and underground, but they, it, there's been, there was a lot of it before it came out. So is it getting like a wide release? Is it getting a... It's out on DVD now. I mean, it was out like... On DVD? Yeah, because it was out on DVD in Norway, so you can get copies of it from there, which is where I Oh, got. right. Did it ever get a cinema release in the States? I'm not sure. I think they were either going to remake it or redub it. I'd rather they redub it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, the, Norwegian, the Norwegian adds a lot of character, but I'll get to that later. All right, okay. As usual, if you want to email us it in, it's uh, podcast at mcyappenfries.com. I'll say that once again, podcast at mcyappenfries.com. We've got uh, a couple of emails this week. This week, yeah. We'll get it's, to our it's, emails it's after fucking, news. It's fucking Christmas. It's raining. <laughs> it's raining mails. All right, moving on to news. J.J. Uh, Abrams, hot off the success of his uh, reboot of Star Trek. For those of you who haven't seen it, turn this podcast off right now. Go yeah. see it. Um, there were some Star Trek fans, actually, that were a little pissed off about it. <laughs> I've, I mean, I don't, I don't get these people. I mean, yeah. I really don't. That's stupid. You know? But anyway, after the success of Star Trek, J.J. Uh, Abrams apparently is in negotiations to produce a movie based on the popular 1970s, 1980s Japanese toy franchise, Micronauts. Wasn't that popular? It was... Anyway, in the States, it was pretty big. Was it? There was a small little pocket of time before Transformers hit, before G.I. Joe hit, where it kind of... Like, more towards the 70s. I mean, it petered out yeah. towards the early 80s. But in the 70s, it was actually pretty big. Because they look like shit. It, they look like shit. <laughs> I didn't put this in... I didn't want to cover this in the news. because it was like Micronauts. <laughs> no, because there is a small pocket of people yeah. that, that are going to just in their pants over this news. There's a small pocket of people. But they're all in their 40s. So, <laughs> they deserve a few happy thoughts as well. You know, things haven't been going well for them lately. I finally got a Micronauts move. <laughs> Recession, one recession. We got micronauts, bitch. Uh, but uh, this told the story of um, okay. This, it was a series of interchangeable science fiction heroes, robots, and vehicles. Uh, interchangeable, like character-wise, like it wasn't written that well. Dude, I never really got into it. You know, I mean, they weren't very engaging. They didn't have like little character bios at the back, the way they had in Transformers, where you got that infrared little little that, strip, that, that the, little the, the red stats. strip that little, on the stats. You could see like you know how much power, like strength, firepower. Cunning, like speed, yeah, yeah, all that kind of shit. Sandwave maxed out the fucking cunning. <laughs> I remember, like, uh, like uh, for for um, for uh, Optimus Prime and uh, Megatron, like everything was like 10, 10, 10, 10, yeah. 9, <laughs> 9, 9, 9, 10, 10. Patient three. <laughs> but uh, they were always leadership like, ability Optimus, zero. Optimus Megatron. Prime would always get his ass kicked by Megatron because Optimus Prime's once one weakness, and that is his undying sense of honor. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, which goes to show you just uh, how crap Microdots was that we're like somehow we managed to segue into Transform. Yeah. But um, anyway, I mean, it told the story of a group of alien warriors in the grip of intergalactic war. I mean... 
and they could change arms. Yeah, <laughs> they could swap arms with each other. Well, suddenly, I really, I'd really like to see a show that likes about two alien races in the grip of intergalactic peace. <laughs> <laughs> I'd really like to see what happens when when someone makes that movie. <laughs> they, uh, I think it was called Earth Final Conflict, but they weren't really peaceful. But uh, in case, like some of you may know Micronauts, but can't remember, let me jog your memory a little bit. Uh, among the most popular Micronauts characters was Biotron, Microtron. Acro Year and Baron Karza. Huh? That's right. <laughs> uh, there's no writer that's even, actually the project. Did this even have a cartoon? Uh, no, it no. never had a cartoon, although there was a Marvel comic. Oh. There was a Marvel comic. But you could, they could, can you change their heads? You can actually take the arm, they're, they're magnetic. They're like, they can take off their arm, their points of articulation, their shoulders, their legs. Can you take so, their heads off? Something like that. I don't think it was the magnetic thing. I think the magnetic thing was Starcom, wasn't it? That was Starcom. Starcom did the magnetic thing, but that was later. It was much later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, but these guys had interchangeable bits, as far as I remember. Remember, like Starcom, they had those 3D comics. Yeah, remember those 3D comics? You know that shit? I have that at home somewhere. You do? Yeah, yeah. I had the the shuttle thing. You know, because they all had that thing where you press the button and it would yeah, deploy yeah, yeah. really yeah, slow. Really slow with that noise. There's those little wind-up motors. Put, put the figure inside. Press the button. Close it. You, awesome. you make up all the, you make up all this like dialogue while because it's taking so long. Come on, we gotta move it out, move it out, move it out, move it out. So uh, what you do? What you do last night? Eh? I went down the bar. What you do? <laughs> Played with Starcom. <laughs> Starcom. <laughs> uh, Speaking of JJ Abrams, the segue again. Um, it also came out this week with the release of the Star Trek Blu-ray. Um, big fuck you off to uh, William Shatner. Well, Turns out that um, Spock wasn't the only ex-alumni of Star Trek to get a role in the new Star Trek movie. Will Will Wheaton, Will Wheaton, also got a role. Due uh, because I think uh, he, Greg, Greg Grunberg is in pretty much all of J.J. Abrams' stuff. He's in the first episode of Lost as the pilot who gets like killed. I think he turns up later on as a floating corpse as well. And he's been he was actually Kirk's dad in the in the Star Trek, but they cut it out. His stepdad. Oh yeah? Yeah, yeah. Oh shit. He was the guy on the phone. <laughs> you know that, that would have been so much fun. That would have been so much fun. So Greg, That's more work than he's gotten in ages. Well he's in Heroes. Is he? Yeah. Greg Grumberg? Oh he's no, Matt Pregman. Oh sorry, I, I um I, I thought I thought we were still still on Will Wheaton. Oh no, Will Wheaton though. No. Will Wheaton apparently Greg Grumberg tweeted him, said, Do you wanna be in Star Trek? And he said he uh, yeah. Wasn't sure what the fuck was going on. J.J. Abrams called him, said, do you want to do some Romulans? He said, yeah. <laughs> did the, the dance of joy and then went, did it. All the Romulans on Nero's ship are his voice. Some of them are processed, some of them are not. The one that is him, you can actually hear it if you look on YouTube. It says, uh, Nero says, it's near the end of the movie, take out Spock's ship. Mm-hmm. And unprocessed Will says, sir, if you ignite the red matter, and he gets cut off by Nero. <laughs> That's his big fucking scene. <laughs> Why did it? Why didn't he? I'm just wondering why they didn't use the voices of the actual Romulans. Uh, okay, so this is a little Easter egg. Just having some fun. Yeah, it was not supposed to get out. It was going to be a secret they'd keep till the heat death of the universe. I think he said on his site. And how did it get out? Um, in fact, as far as I know, only a dozen people in the world knew about this until some meddling kids and their dog at Viacom found out about it this summer and said we had to give me credit and stuff. <laughs> Jesus. So I say Shatner is pissed. Well, from, from what I understand, uh, hasn't J.J. Abrams promised Shatner something in the, in the second? He hasn't promised him. He said he tried. Well, you don't have to try that. He's going to have his if people. You want he's going to have his people call his people. You don't have to try that hard to find William Shatner a role. I mean, come on. Um, you know, if you want William Shatner in your new Star Trek movie, you can have William Shatner in your new Star Trek. movie. There was talk of him turning up on like a screen of like I think Nero looking through historical logs or something like that. Mm-hmm. And have seen a picture of Kirk there, maybe, and that might have been it. You think like have gonna, a, as a hologram? They're going to do that whole X Men Three like uh, sort of thing with him, make like make him look a bit younger. 
No, no, I think they were, what they were going to do was that it would be like Nero would be consulting the logs and the information on his ship, which is from the 24th right, right, century right, right, or whatever right. like that, and he'd just see a hologram of David. Of that, would be, Shatner. That, that, that would be like a little sad to see William Shatner and his fucking Captain Kirk get up now. You know, I mean, like, uh, Spock can still pull it off. Spock, like, Leonard Nimoy is still a pretty trim, trim dude. You know, With he, awesome teeth. You know, he goes for a run, you know, I mean, you can tell this guy, you know, he, he, works he, out. he swims a couple of laps every once in a while. Fuck yeah. and, like, uh, fucking William Shatner hasn't been getting any exercise lately. He's Denny Crane. Denny Crane. Uh, Sir Anthony Hopkins, uh, we, we talked about him last week after uh, he's just been cast in, as Odin in the movie Thor. Uh, but uh, he's also signed on to play another. Um, very, very important historical figure. He's uh, signed on to play Ernest Hemingway in, oh. the, in the film Hemingway and Fuentes. Didn't he play Hemingway before? Uh, no, he played C.S. Lewis. Oh. He played C.S. Lewis in uh, Shadowlands, Shadowlands, which was a very, very good film. Quite depressing, though, right? Quite depressing, but, you know, I mean, like, it resonated. Deborah Winger? Deborah Winger, yeah. And uh, Joseph Mazzarello, is that his name? Everybody dies, right? Uh, no, just her. <laughs> <laughs> she uh, hits the iceberg. Jeez. <laughs> But, uh, it's been a while. It's well past spoilers on. That's right. Uh, Hemingway and Fuentes, it's a drama about um, Ernest Hemingway's time in Cuba uh, in the 1940s and 1950s that apparently inspired him to write The Old Man in the Sea. Uh, it's been a, uh, it's long time been a passion project for uh, Andy Garcia, who is uh, directing Ooh. and uh, also, uh, I think, co-wrote the script and will also be starring as uh, Gregorio Fuentes. Putting his Ocean's Eleven money to uh, work. That's right. They were best friends during these years, apparently. Hmm. Uh, and um, Annette Benning will co-star as um, um, Hemingway's third wife, Mary Welsh Hemingway. Uh, apparently, Andy Garcia has wanted to do this for uh, since the 70s when he spent um, time as an offshore fisherman with some of the men who had known Hemingway during hmm. the period. So, I'm, I, I don't know... I, I'll watch anything Anthony Hopkins does. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, even when he's, you know, he's like pizza. Even when he's bad, he's still pretty good. Yeah. Even when he's under the couch, he's pretty good. <laughs> Fucking Road to Wellville. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Road to Wellville. We're, 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 we're quickly having Did sex. you see that movie that he directed, Slipstream? It was some trippy David Lynchian type of shit that was going on with that movie. I heard about it, but I didn't see it. It no. was really bizarre. Because I mean, for me, like, Slipstream is always Bob yeah. Peck and... Yeah. Um, Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill. <laughs> I know, this is a different. This is a different I know. It's a, <laughs> a different movie. It's sort of like it look. It's very. It, I mean, like at least stylistically, it comes across like he's very much influenced by David Lynch. Mm. There is this sort of weird thing there. I mean, uh, where it's kind of like Altman meets Lynch, mm. it, revolving around sort of the movie and the movie industry and the the, the you know like movie sets and just the whole sort of parallels between what's real and not real. I mean, I've tried to watch it. It's dense. Really? It's hard to watch. I mean, it's, it's, it's always fascinating, but after a while, it just becomes infuriating. You're just like, what the fuck is going on? It's just an endless series of really trippy shots, and, but in trying to make sense of what's going on, it's like one of those movies where I think even Anthony Hopkins, I remember watching some of the behind-the-scenes shit somewhere, and even he's like, you know, it's like, I'm not entirely sure what it means, you know, or something. You know, it's, like it's, it's, it's more like an, uh, an experience, not so much a plot. Yeah, yeah. Trying to, and how you, what you, what you, uh, you know, like a walk away with from it is entirely up to you. Mm. I just found it. I mean, it's very fascinating. It's it's the perfect. It's it's the it's the classic example of like of noble failure. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like it doesn't work, but in patches, it comes across as really. It doesn't really work, but it yeah. works well. Yeah, it's got moments that work really well, but as a whole, it kind of falls flat. Well, Hopkins has been like we've talked about him. I think every cast of the last month. Well, looking he's, at, look, he's got a lot of cool stuff coming. Yeah, yeah, and he looks like he's the coolest thing in it. Yeah. Um, also, but it, oh, someone's definitely listening. I think only last week we mentioned uh, in relation to paranormal activity, 
how the Blair Witch 2 was completely unnecessary. Mm-hmm. No sooner are we talking about it than Eduardo Sanchez wants to make his own sequel and pretend, simply pretend that Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows, yeah, didn't, didn't happen. It didn't happen, which so, is a bit late. Everyone knows it happened. Fucking, it's late, man. He's talking to the Toronto Star and he said that uh, the his partner might be able to get into the fake documentary business. But trying to get the original actors back, getting uh, Heather Donahue, Joshua Leonard, and Michael C. Williams back in smaller roles. Hell, what the fuck? What, dude, what? just leave it the fuck alone, yeah. man. I mean, like, move on to something else. You were lucky you got, a, you got away with the first one. Yeah. You know, I mean, I saw the first one after it had already been hyped up, and, I, and it was like watching paint dry. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. That movie did nothing for me. Well, I saw, I mean, I caught it on a trip to the States, so the hype, I'd heard it was coming back in the days before... Mm-hmm. Broadband freely available. Mm-hmm. I heard it was coming purely because of Sky News, Sky Movies top ten U.S. box office. I was like, "What the fuck is this?" And then I went over and saw. It. I didn't sleep well that night. Really? I mean, yeah. it's like I don't know. I saw that movie, and it's like there were a couple of moments where I thought, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." Okay, saw it in cinema? Yeah. Huh? I saw it in the cinema. Yeah. I saw it in the cinema. Um, I mean, I was weird the fuck out. I wasn't. I was. <laughs> it just didn't do anything for me. Mm. I don't know. I went to see it with uh, my friend Trish, and we were both big horror buffs, and we were both like massively disappointed by it. Mm. And I think a lot of it has to do with hype, because that movie it, it 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 hangs by that that small thread of like whether or not you believe it. Yeah. And once you know it's all bullshit, yeah, yeah. it loses a lot. And that was know? the thing. That news hadn't crossed the Atlantic. Yeah. I it mean, was I, just like this little movie. All I'd seen was that little trailer that shows you fucking nothing. So mm-hmm. I went to see it. I was like, what the fuck is going on in Burkittsville? I mean, trying to imagine, because, like, I have another friend of mine, Greg, that saw it, like, before the hype came in, and he said that he, he fucking pissed himself, and yeah. he, was, he was so scared, you know, which is why I was really excited to see it, and after, I don't know, for me, it just didn't do anything for me, Yeah, didn't do anything for me as well, I mean, it was marginally better than Book of Shadows, <laughs> marginally. marginally better, where does that put it in, in, in line with the spirit? Uh, it's, it's marginally better than the spirit, because <laughs> Book of Shadows is marginally better, yeah. I would see Book of Shadows again before I see The Spirit again. <laughs> really? Yeah, at least I know I had something to laugh at. <laughs> I can't even laugh at The Spirit because I'm so pissed off. I mean, the, 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 I, mean I, I have a DVD now, but it's just like, I can't get up the guts to watch it. At least Book of Shadows, I can laugh at it. It's like, that's retarded. <laughs> with, with The Spirit, I know, that, I, know it's, I know it's not trying to be retarded. And also, you know, it's like, shit, Will Eisner's probably pissed. Hmm. You could power a small generator off the uh, speed he's revolving in his grave. <laughs> uh, Dan- uh, Danny Boyle has um, figured out what his next movie is going to be. He's uh, reuniting with uh, Fox Searchlight. Surprise, surprise. Um, uh, which is also uh, on this movie called 127 Hours. It's based upon the true story of mountaineer Aaron Ralston, who in 2003 in Utah had to amputate his own arm with a dull knife. Didn't uh, he already do this movie? After he was trapped under a boulder. He then scaled a sheer, he, he then uh, scaled a 65-foot cliff wall and hiked until he was discovered by a family who gave him water and food and helped him towards eventual rescue. Fuck. So he's cut off his own leg. He's like, do you want some water and food? They're not going to call him a fucking ambulance. They're just going to give him some water and food. And then well, he... one would imagine that he's, he's <laughs> in a place where geographically it's rather difficult. We're going to continue up to the peak to have a look at the view, but if you want to stay here and bleed to death, that's fine with us. Well, we'll, I mean, we'll, we'll catch you on the way back. You've got to climb up to the peak and get, catch the view, because you know you need that movie. You need yeah. that movie deal. You ain't going to get a movie deal if you don't reach the peak. That's the way it is. You don't just get a movie deal for losing the Losers go home. <laughs> but is this pushing the void? Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. Is this pushing the void or... There was definitely... This This has been done. The story or, this, or someone else did it as well. I'm not entirely sure. I've never seen this story before. But uh, he's uh, co-writing it with uh, Simon Bufoy, who he uh, co- who he uh, worked on on Slumdog Millionaire. Okay. Um, there's uh, And they're looking to shoot 
in early 2010 to release it later that year. They're oh. going to go for the Oscars. Uh, but uh, apparently, I mean, like, uh, the big thing is who the, who's he going to get as the lead actor? Because this is going to be, like, another castaway. Yeah. It's just going to be one of these... One guy. Yeah. Going to carry the whole fucking movie. Will Smith. <laughs> and his dog. Will Smith and his dog. <laughs> um, also, apparently next month, um, the production will begin on the live-action CG animation hybrid of Yogi Bear. Jesus, it's the this, fu- it's the fucking Antichrist. This is fucking. This it's gonna be live action CGI, and apparently Dan Aykroyd will be what's it? The funny park dwelling felon. I uh, am, yeah. and, and uh, Justin Timberlake is in talks to play Boo Boo. I know. This is weird. This is this is this is what insane. the fuck. Anna Faris has also been cast in it as a documentary maker that may or may not be modeled on um, uh, Werner Herzog. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what Werner Herzog looks like, but whenever I think of him, I just think of Klaus Kinski. I do. <laughs> Just crazy and wild yeah, 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 yeah. shit. Yeah, that's brilliant. I think of Jurgen Pro- Prozov. <laughs> you just think German. Jurgen Prog now is the. Is I, just, I, 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 I just think Sutter Kane from In the Mouth of Madness. Do you read Sutter Kane? But I mean, I can understand that, you know, Aykroyd's a talented guy. He might be able to pull off the. Hey, boo boo. Hey. But, yo, the boo boo's quite a weird voice. Like, how the fuck is Justin Timberlake going to stretch to that? I have no idea. I think it's a crime that this movie's getting made. Yeah. I, I want something truly horrible to happen to everyone involved. It's directed by the guy who directed Journey to the Center of the Earth. I presume that's a 3D version, Eric Brevik. Yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah. I'm presuming Eric, this is going to be fucking terrible. Eric Brevik. And that movie That movie was god-awful. <laughs> yeah, you saw it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I saw no. it. It was fucking terrible. You know, it's like... Uh, that, 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 was, that was the one year where I was really pissed at Brendan Fraser. Yeah. I was like, dude, why'd you do this shit? And then he redeemed himself with G.I. Joe. <laughs> One cameo. One scene. Well, it was a couple of scenes. It was a montage. Gotta have a montage. You gotta have a Fraser montage. Gotta have a montage. Now, he restored the faith a little bit in G.I. Joe. Although Dave didn't like that movie, did he? No. <laughs> he was like, what the? This guy like, was like, shit! Like, the, the, the flying thing, the bad guys, it was cool. Yeah, that was cool. Shit! What the fuck? And the, uh, the, the big point that they pointed out about G.I. Joe, they blow up the ice. Yeah. And it sinks. <laughs> ice floats that's why it's on top of the water <laughs> dude ice doesn't sink like that dude it's fucking G.I. Joe it was carbon dioxide ice and that's why maybe it was fake absolutely, ice absolutely there yeah. you go you it, was, it was weaponized you ice you got a finger on the pulse that's why we know this shit exactly uh, a little bit more about Dan Aykroyd news apparently the upcoming Birkin Hare which is going to be directed by John Landis is supposed to star Simon Pegg and David Tennant although David Tennant came out recently in an interview said really um, yeah, that's out or not it was kind of one, it wasn't one of those you know about there's everyone knows you, oh you know about this conversation but I'm not giving anything away yeah yeah so you might not be in it yet maybe I mean like maybe the deal's not not, not entirely official but apparently uh, Dan Aykroyd's going to be in it as well but they stress his involvement is subject to contract so obviously this Yogi Bear news is pissing them off <laughs> god I hope I mean this is uh, John Landis is a director that I want to see Make hit one more out of the park just yeah. just before he calls it the day. Yeah. If this movie is a classic, then dude, fucking retire. <laughs> oh yeah. Get out on a high because uh, you haven't been on a, much of a streak. No. But uh, I I do hope that this movie kicks ass. And uh, I didn't realize in this news piece it said that Bill Nye's in it as well. Is it? Yeah, the ever reliable Bill Nye. Sparrow. <laughs> Sparrow. He's great. I love Bill Nye. I love Bill Nye. He's good fun. Walking while looking in another direction bit always gets me. Or he's turning, you know, he's, yeah, he's yeah, turning. He does this little turn. Yeah, he's like, it's, it's, it's like it's like disco never really went away. Yeah, you know? the whole <laughs> every move is the just the whole of what's under the underworld rise of the lycra. Just like, 
And he did it a whole bunch of times as well in the boat, boat that rocked. Really? It's like, just walking off. There's just a slight little disco move every time he's going to make a turn somewhere. <laughs> I was like, for fuck's sake, dude. You're just you're parodying yourself no end now. Uh, and uh, there was a movie called The, the Tourist. This movie's gone through a lot of um, different cast changes. It was originally supposed to be a Tom Cruise and Angelina Jolie uh, picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, then it was going to... Then Sam Worthington was rumored to be taking over from Tom Cruise. And uh, then... But before Angelina Jolie, it was supposed to be Charlize Theron. So, so it's been zigzagging all over the place. And now, finally, they're saying that um, Angelina Jolie is going to be teaming up with Johnny Depp. Mm. Uh, the um, movie, it's a remake of the 2005 French thriller uh, Anthony Zimmer. And it's uh, the story of a female Interpol agent, Angelina Jolie, who recruits an American tourist, guess who, in Paris, into being bait uh, in her hunt for a criminal who is also her former lover. Is this the man who knew too little, kind of thing? <laughs> Something like that. They've even gone through like a whole bunch of different directors. I mean, like uh, at one point, the guy who, uh, I can never, I can't pronounce this guy's name, Florian Henkel von Donnerschmark, the director of The Lives of Others, was supposed to direct it. And the man um, with the most awesome name ever. Prior to that was Barat Naluri, who was the director of The Crow Salvation. He was supposed to direct it. Thank God that didn't happen. <laughs> uh, but now the movie is going to be directed by Alfonso Cuaran. Uh, is it Cuaran? Cuaran. Who directed uh, the very, very good Children of Men and my favorite Harry Potter movie, The Prisoner of Azkaban. The Dark One. The Dark One. Yeah. Goblet of Fire, you know, it had too much of that four wedding sheen on it. Fucking Mike Newell took I'm that doing, shit and like. I'm doing the usual thing. It's like the Bond movies. It's like, which is the one with the Goblet of Fire? That's the one where. Uh, That's the one with the, the dragon. The dragon. It's the one with the dragon. Yeah. And then yeah. The, the Azkaban was Gary Oldman's screaming poster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that was the one I liked. Yeah. <laughs> because of the screaming poster. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and you got to see the uh, what do you call Death Eaters? Those no, Death no, no, no. The uh, the sucky things. Yeah. What yeah. are they called? I can't. There's a joke there, but I'm not going to do it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I used to be such a dick, like when the first when when Harry Potter first came out. Really? There's like people would ask me about it, and I would just like look at them and be a real dick and just say, "Sorry, I'm a Tolkien fan." <laughs> Fuck you. There's only one trilogy. <laughs> I don't read that shit. <laughs> she did rip off a lot of stuff. Uh, she did. A uh, couple of uh, trailers hit this week. Um, there were two trailers out for Jake Gyllenhaal's Prince of Persia. Did you see this? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You see the two of them? I, 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 I did, I did. I mean, the vision. first one, the, the US one is a bit more, we're not explaining what's going on, but the international one is like, hey, we're explaining everything. everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, visually, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal uh, looks he, he looks like he's got the action hero thing nailed down. everyone's doing plumbing English accents though, I know Arabia, I know just I odd. just cannot I cannot get behind that my friend who apparent, uh, who plays the game oh, he, you know, uh, he tells me that everyone speaks in, in English accent yeah. in the game but I'm like I just cannot get used it's to it it's a cut glass English Gemma, accent it's a really weird English accent yeah. that Jake Gyllenhaal's got there and it's like it's not to say it's a bad English accent I just don't know what the fuck it's doing there yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and it's really it really like alienates me and Gemma Atherton is that her name? is that the one? this is the girl Gemma Atherton has the most annoying voice <laughs> in, the, in, in the world it's, it's such an annoying voice it's like you must take it up to the mountain and then after that you must do this and only oh give the, me a pack of fags on the way back only the real blade of whatever can steer can save hey, it hey it's the dagger of time bitch I don't know like, I don't play the game but the whole trailer you just sound like this you might as well have cast Victoria Beckham <laughs> Victoria Beckham David David give me that dagger David <laughs> get me that dagger <laughs> Now get Ray Winstone in there. <laughs> it's like, I will kill your monster. 
what really like was it I just found it incredibly distracting it, it does look the action visual everything looks cool but what really surprised me was that I didn't know it was going to be the Sands of Time like the Prince of Persia was originally like an ancient game where they actually it was one of the first ones where they used rotoscoping mm-hmm. like back in the day when like you know it was Mario like his animations were standing or doing this you know mm-hmm. one arm in the air one leg in the air it's like that was the the the, the, the peak of animation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so the Prince of Persia I think it was Jordan Mechner he actually just videotaped his brother in the backyard and cut the frames out all right. and animated those so it had this incredibly smooth animation but the first one the first one and the first couple of ones were all just like 2D looking out from the side nice lovely animation which really fucks you up when you're trying to go for a jump this looks like a movie that I, that I need to see on mute yeah it, I mean like if that's if that's how people are going to be speaking it's just going to be like uh, it's just going to be painful just watch it in Chinese like, that's, what, that's it like, yeah. <laughs> put on some different subtitles why should we buy the gold disc original <laughs> <laughs> go get the dagger <laughs> but you want to snake you have to take it <laughs> but the original is just like Rescue the Princess mm-hmm. and they did this thing in the mid 90s I think it was where the, it was narratively very clever it starts with this guy sneaking into a tent he says princess don't call your guards I have a story to tell you mm-hmm. and it goes through this whole thing and the, the dagger of time and like it, it does a, it's a nice little thing for you know for the, to get to match match the narrative of the story with the action of the game like you're you know obviously you make the story you, you, he's telling the story mm-hmm. so when you jump off into a pit mm-hmm. and it goes game over he says, "No, no, no, no! It didn't happen like that. This is the way it happened." I don't know. It's like you know, he explains that yeah, was yeah. and but also the dagger is that when you jump into that pit, you have a little bit of rewind time, so you can come back up out of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it all has this thing about time. So the end of the game. This is not a spoiler because it's fucking ages ago. It's on old consoles. Spoiler. The end. Of the, I, don't, I don't know. This yeah, but yeah, but the end. Of the, I mean, they're not going to do. I don't think they're going to do the same. But the end of the game, like you meet the princess, you do all this shit, you try to save the world, but at the end, of it, he fucks up majorly. I think she dies or something, and then well, he has to use. He, he fucks up the dagger again. And it brings him back before the story happened, uh-huh. and then he creeps into her tent to tell her the story. Uh-huh. So it's completely circular, right? And that's just like it blows your mind when you're doing it because you're just like, what the fuck? Is, how is this going to end? The, 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 we've just killed the fucking princess. How's the happy ending coming? Uh-huh. And then you realize that because you don't see his face at the beginning telling the story. So it's like I'm telling you the story of what what the. So I'm telling you the story of the age of apocalypse essentially so this is the, how they, the, the future that never was the days of future past so this is how they decided to do it you've just fucked up the movie for a long time uh, they're not following it slavishly and they can't I mean obviously enough people know it but um, mm-hmm. the sand the time sand effect looks cool uh-huh. they also seem to I mean no, it, visually yeah. all the action stuff looks amazing and it just looks weird you know, for me it's just it's, it's, all the action stuff of him running along walls that's in the game it's amazing how like um, what's the Accurate. Accurate to the source material they're being. It's like, what? Did the last time anyone tried this, it was Super Mario Bros. And look how that turned out. Yeah, he's even wearing clothes, like that kind of red scarf outfit he's wearing, mm-hmm. that ensemble. Mm-hmm. That's like from the later games, which is nothing to do with the other ones. And then he's wearing like a leather shit, which is from Prince of Persia 3, and it's like, well, they're actually. No, I, that's I, weird. No, I saw the trailer with, with a couple of guys who know the game, and they were all commenting on uh, just the, how, how accurate. It's not accurate. How faithful. Faithful. How, how faithful they're actually being to it. And visually, I'm pumped. I want to see this movie. Yeah. I'm just going to have to wear fucking earplugs. And, and you know what I don't think people if you've got an annoying voice you've got an annoying voice because yeah. I did not feel that way when, when suddenly the trailer had Alfred Molina speaking yeah. you know like well, as soon as Gemma Afton opened her mouth it's like you must take this do, do you understand yeah. do you well, what a great prince uh, running, yeah. running around yeah. saving everybody aren't you such a brave little boy yeah. <laughs> well, she, says, she says something about you know and it's like you know and you think I'm beautiful yeah. what makes you think of that because you keep you looking at me because you can't take your eyes off me 
I had to look at that line twice to see what he said afterwards because he actually just said I'm gonna, I'm gonna. So, so, something, something like that he, he actually made no it was no words coming out of the mouth no no he was actually saying something I just can't you, remember you, yeah, 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 oh, oh, yeah, oh yeah I went to school in Croydon <laughs> <laughs> whatever Okay. But uh, I guess that maybe was it was Ben Kingsley cast first maybe and they just said let's, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. let's just go with that. Ben Kingsley looks like he's phoning it in. Yeah, he's the vizier. You never trust the vizier. Uh, speaking of things that are just completely preposterous, so I've spoken about this before, but Julie Taymor, the uh, director of Across the Universe and uh, Titus. Titus is fucking awesome. And Frida, yeah, Titus is awesome. But um, she also directed the. She also does stuff on Broadway, and she's famous for the uh, the Broadway version of The Lion King. Oh yeah. Which I have not seen, but I hear it is absolutely astounding. It's been running, still running. Yeah, it's still running. I hear that it's absolutely brilliant. Uh, but uh, she, for quite some time now, has been mounting this Broadway musical of Spider Man. Oh yeah, it's this is called, with the, this is with you too. Yeah, it's called Spider Man: Turn Off the Dark, and uh, Evan Rachel Wood, who is her female lead in Across the Universe, is playing Mary Jane Watson. Uh-huh. Alan Cumming is playing uh, Norman Osborn, Green uh-huh. Goblin, which is kind of cool. <laughs> That's very cool. I like that. And uh, Reeve Carney of the rock band Carney has been cast as Peter Parker and Spider Man. And then, but is it, is it it's Bono and the Edge, it's, or is it the other two? It's Bono and the Edge, Larry and. and uh, Adam Clayton Adam because Larry and Adam did the soundtrack for um, was it the Mission Impossible and they were never asked to do anything ever again yeah <laughs> well Bono and the Edge are doing the music for this and uh, it's scheduled to open in 2010 at the Hilton Theatre this is already in trouble so slightly is it there was something there was stories about you know tickets weren't selling so well or it's like it's I'm just, not it's surprised odd. tickets aren't selling so well I mean like fuck learn your lesson from Superman they turned Superman into a musical and that died why because it's it doesn't lend itself well to, it's not you see, like, look, look at the comments. First comment, huh, spider chick. <laughs> second comment, are you kidding me? Oh my god, my god, I can't. No, the second comment this. is, this guy is Spider Man. What? <laughs> <laughs> this dude looks more like a chick, <laughs> huh? Oh, I thought the show was canceled. This is going to be better than Spider Man Two. I always thought Jared Leto would be better than Tobey Maguire. I always thought Jared Leto would be better than Tobey Maguire. Where's the picture? Uh, there is no picture. No, fuck there's, it. There's no picture of the guy. But, I mean, it's just... What the fuck, man? <laughs> Something else that I wanted to bring up is that um, quite some time ago, we talked a little bit about Darren Aronofsky doing a movie um, called Black Swan about ballerinas. Oh. And um, it's uh, and he had cast Matt, Natalie Portman and uh, Mila Kunis as the two female leads. And it was reported a long time ago that there was a torrid, like, lesbian sex scene between the two of them. Mm. Uh, for those of you who don't know the story, it centers on a veteran ballerina, played by Portman, who finds herself locked in a competitive situation with a rival dancer. Played Isn't by that the Christina Aguilera movie as well? No, no, it's to- that's totally different. And not totally different, but it's a rival dancer locked in a bitter uh, Well, this thing one, with... because it's Darren Aronofsky. It's going to be fucking weird. It's going to be fucked <laughs> up, because apparently it's like, it's unclear whether the rival is a supernatural apparition, or if the protagonist is simply having delusions. Ooh. So it's like, it's Darren Aronofsky, yeah. It's gonna be wrecked with oh, you, you won't actually see any ballet in like long shot. It'll all be like that head cam mounted yeah. on them. Just yeah, yeah. like you just see their face like <laughs> <laughs> and weird angles. <laughs> you see like the pre-show anxiety where they puke and it's like, it's like a POV and <laughs> the camera's down the toilet. But because um, uh, you ever see the Peter Gabriel's live tour where they have the band doing that, but they have those cameras are on like um, they move slightly. Mm-hmm. And in time with the music, I can't remember what the tour was, but in time with the music, 
they move slightly so that the band are always like like you know one eye is really huge and then it comes down to their nose and stuff like that while they're playing shit. and it's just on all these screens it's that, that shit it's what is that shit called it's like a harness they put on you and it's like the camera's above you and put a fisheye lens on it mm-hmm. but that rig is just it always gives you this weird fucking look usually the stone look they use that when someone's wasted in a movie like walking around it's like mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, when this sex sex scene was first reported on, it was called um, that. It, it was called an ecstasy induced, hungry, aggressive, angry sex scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and now Natalie Portman has commented uh, to V Magazine, where she says it's not raunchy, it's extreme. Whatever the fuck that means. And she, no, also, and, and she also and she also said um, like uh, because she I remember like quite some time ago she would say I'll never do that I'll never do a sex scene like that kind of shit. And now she's like, added, show me the money. Now she's added to that, saying that, and I quote: "Previously, I was figuring out my own sexual identity, likes and dislikes, and all this, all that stuff. And it's weird to be doing stuff on film as you're figuring it out." She's still the short haircut. Also, being a sexual object when you're a kid is really uncomfortable. <laughs> In multiple ways. Well, she got her clothes off for that fucking short film uh, that um, was before Darjeeling Limited. Really? Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that. Yeah, she was good in that. Nice. 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 More trailer news. Uh, did you catch the trailer for Despicable Me? Trailer 2? I did, I did, I did. I did. So this added a little bit more story to it. It looks pretty fun. Yeah. It looks pretty fun. Um, Gru is the world's number one supervillain that says at the beginning, and then it says, actually, no, he's world's number two, because he's got to deal with this guy called Vector. And it's just him breaking into the guy's house. Still, I mean, the first trailer was like, somebody has stolen all the world's, or has stolen the pyramids. Mm-hmm. And he's not even in the trailer, apart from in, in, in profile. Yeah, and this yeah. one, you see him... And the little kid thing, he makes a kid a balloon animal and pops it. <laughs> yeah. This looks like, it's Steve Carroll, isn't it? It's Steve Carroll, yeah. I, I don't know who's playing Vector, but yeah, this look, I mean, it, I think, is this, is this Sony? Or is this, I think it's, it's not, it doesn't say any DreamWorks show. No, so. it's not DreamWorks. I can't remember who, who it is, but uh, it, I mean, it looks, it, they it, don't really show you all that much, hmm. but uh, it looks like it might be a lot of fun. And it looks like they're finally getting away from talking animals and, you know, the cutesy shit of animation, just actually do something quite weird. <laughs> Because well, the other one is well, Uber Uberman is the other animated kind of supervillain comedy coming at the same time. Is I think that's that's, uh, one, that's what Ben Stiller and stuff. It's like the guy. That's who, right. That's right. Yeah. Rain Wilson kills his nemesis, and then he's like has to create a new one because his life is empty now. That's right. No, I haven't seen much of that. Did you? Oh, and uh, that's on Apple. And also those uh, that, that those posters for Clash of the Titans that came on. Clash. Clash. That were, uh, that were very, very quickly removed. Yeah, they were very, very fucking awesome. <laughs> very, very cool fucking posters. This is like, this is not your father's Clash this, of the this Titans. This is not your daddy's Clash of the Titans. This looked fucking awesome. It was like, luckily I managed to catch that tweet and uh, yeah, see yeah, it yeah, 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 before yeah. they took it down because these look, I mean, um, what's the word? Pegasus looks Pegas- fucking awesome. Pegasus looks awesome. The Kraken looks awesome. Yeah. And, uh, but they did keep putting people. The first couple of posters, they had someone standing in the middle, so they were hiding the A yeah, from, yeah, Ti- yeah, yeah, from yeah, Clash yeah. and the T from Titan. So just like Kish Tian. The, the only poster that I wasn't that enamored with was the Gemma Atherton poster. She's just sort of standing there, like waiting for her fish and chips to arrive. <laughs> 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 it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> you were to get me fish and chips, and you got me Medusa's head. Uh-huh. You got any silk cuts? <laughs> <laughs> Strawberry feels forever. <laughs> Jesus Christ! But uh, no, there's there's uh, there's an awesome image of uh, extreme close up of Medusa, you know, with all this. Well, with all this don't look directly at it. You don't, you can only look at it through a shield or mirror. Um, fucking Perseus looks fucking angry as fuck. He looks badass. <laughs> yeah, like, is like, I got a fucking beef with the gods. And like fucking uh, Liam Neeson as Zeus looks bad. He looks like Silverhawks, but like a but a cool version of Silverhawks. 
The old cartoon. Yeah, the old you cartoon. You remember Silver Hawks? I remember Silver Hawks. I, remember Silver Hawks. That was, I, used, I watched that shit on video. VHS, motherfucker. Silver Hawks. Does the guy used to drive and play the guitar? Bluegrass. <laughs> you remember this shit? Bluegrass. Well, this is the retro cast. Uh, can't I can't remember who uh, like the lead character's name. I liked like he was a pussy. He was he was a pussy. He was a lino mold. It was it was it was Thundercats put in silver. The older guy, his name was Steel Wheel. Steel Wheel. He was the Panthro character. <laughs> and what was it? Uh, uh, something star, wasn't it? I can't. The guy who kept breaking out of jail, and he had the the, the I can't the remember. Space squid thing. Oh no, he had a big star mutant or something like that. Oh, mutant. Mutant. Yes, I stay on Jalan Utant. <laughs> <laughs> Silverhawks that's what needs to be remade someone needs to get that shit together fuck directly after the the, 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 the Thundercats movie followed up with Thunderhawks Silverhawks Silverhawks <laughs> then have Silverhawks versus Thundercats and then have Brave Star Brave Star ding 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 with his horse <laughs> wait you can after that was the only thing I liked about Mark Steven Johnson's Ghost Rider is that it turned into Brave Star in the last ten minutes <laughs> But I mean, he rides around on his horse and then he gets into battle and his horse gets up on two legs and like talks and fires a bazooka. Is the horse is never like, get the hell off me, brave star. My back is killing me. <laughs> Was he called Silver as well? I can't remember. This is all like small little like patches in my childhood. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was a time, there was, they, they were, and there was Galaxy Rangers as well. They were all around that time. That's they were right, all right. the, the Thundercats template because there's a kid in all of them. <laughs> fucking things Jesus Christ fucking kids uh, a little shout out to uh, Michael Fassbender Michael Fassbender is uh, slowly becoming the go-to guy if you need a not yet famous British actor who's really yeah. solid but he's right on the cusp I mean it's only a matter of time before this guy becomes a big star yeah. he's the lead in Neil Marshall's new movie Centurion he was uh, one of the one of the naked Spartans in uh, 300 he was the awesome Spartan. He was the guy who got to throw the spear, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was the one who was like laughing when when it was raining arrows. Yeah. <laughs> we will fight in the shade. <laughs> uh, but uh, he's um, just signed on to play the lead in a thriller called A Single Shot. And uh, it's going to be co-starring Forrest Whitaker, William H. Macy, and Thomas Hayden Church. That's a pretty cool cast. Uh, he was also in uh, Inglorious Bastards. He played... Um, uh, he's a Nazi. He played uh, Archie Hickok. Oh, Hickok, the guy. He replaced Simon Pegg. Ah. Uh, he's also got a movie out now called Fish Tank, which is uh, killing it at, at at the festivals. Yeah, that's the. It's kind of. It's a. Is that? It's a real kitchen sink. Kitchen yeah. sink drama. Yeah. yeah. He's a abusive husband or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, abusive boyfriend. Uh, but a single shot will be. He plays a poacher on the run from a pair of killers in the <laughs> pair of killers. Poacher on the run from a pair of killers. Straightforward enough. It's going to be directed by David Jacobson, who directed Down in the Valley, which is um, a little scene gem that I like. Down the Valley. Yeah. Down the Valley. Yeah. Edward Norton, uh, Evan Rachel Wood, and uh, David Morse. Did you mention this about three podcasts ago? Um, I think I, you did. I think I did. I think I did. It's a good film. It's a good film. Edward Norton playing his um, like uh, I'm I'm crazy, but oh, he's the crazy cowboy. He's the crazy cowboy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I haven't seen that. Yeah, it's a bit of it. It's a good flick. It's a good flick. All right, I'm going to run through some more quick trailer news. We're getting on. Um, DreamWorks had out How to Train Your Dragon. Um, this looks pretty good actually I mean when I saw that trailer and you know the way you, like, on those trailers on, online you know when you open it up they show a shot that's like not the opening shot it's halfway through the trailer mm-hmm. and I was looking at it going this looks like ass and then I watched it mm-hmm. uh, Jay Bruchel plays Hiccup uh, he lives in a lovely little area in the kind of Viking area but the only problem is the pests which are, happen to be dragons Right. so he's brought up in a culture where they're fighting dragons the whole time and he ends up befriending one and uh, changes everyone's he can't swing a sword he can't handle an axe he befriends a dragon and somehow changes everyone's perceptions 
stands pretty small C, but the design of it and some of the implement, the, the, the execution of it looks quite good. It could, it looks actually more like Shrek One than Shrek Three, right? And it has that stand. The humans look pretty much similar to that. It's very human-like. But the design of dragons, all the dragons are completely different. We're not look, we're not talking like Braveheart or Dragonheart dragons. We're talking um, with Braveheart dragons, yeah, the big Irish redhead guys. But um, Brendan Gleeson, Dragonheart. But um, yeah, this looks a pretty good cast as well. I mean, it's directed by the guys who worked on Lilo and Stitch. So this is like the, this is like with Up, right? You know, same as the guys who did like Monsters Inc. and stuff like that. Like, I mean, I love Lilo and Stitch. You do? I absolutely love it to pieces. All right. I've seen that movie like six times. Yeah. That's because you're a douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> Get it in there once a week. I, I, I just like little small characters with six arms. You'd go crazy all the fucking time. He's got ADD. It's awesome. And uh, Jared Butler stars in it. America Ferreira, Craig Ferguson, Jonah Hill, Christopher Mintz Platts, and Christian Wig. So it's a pretty good voice cast. See, that is a pretty good voice cast. Uh, the directors used to also, they were writers on The Lion King, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, not me, Bone Stitch. Uh, Dubois also works as an animator on the raccoons. Do you remember the raccoons? Yes. <laughs> Cedric Sneer. <laughs> so it is look kind of cool. And the, the design of the main dragon is awesome. And it's, just little, it's one of those things, again, after watching Up and just seeing the little small moments, you know, like little movements and all that kind of stuff that, mm-hmm. that, that they nail. Like, it's how many hours of work went into making Kevin in um, Up's arms just waggling that way. That, like, anytime I've talked to people who've seen the movie, they're like, that fucking crap. And this is the same. Like he just like sits on his haunches and looks at the dude after giving him some fish and kind of like you know goes, just licks his lips and it just looks awesome. <laughs> so that was one trailer. So the other trailer was uh, Salt. I didn't see the trailer for this. How's it look? It does look like a movie that Tom Cruise was supposed to do originally because <laughs> it was originally supposed to be Tom yeah, Cruise yeah, it was and they switched to be... it to. Uh, Chris, uh, it was supposed to be uh, Ed, 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 Edwin Salt, wasn't it? Edwin Salt, it's yeah. supposed to be Edwin now Salt. Now it's Christina Salt, I think. Now it's Evelyn Salt. Evelyn Salt, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it starts with uh, her interviewing this guy. Who, this, they have a defector from the USSR. I'm not sure. They didn't really set the time period, but it's a defector anyway, and he's talking about there is a, a sleeper agent in the US government who's going to assassinate the, the government, or the, the president, and she's like, yeah, whatever, my time is up, whatever. And then he turns around and says, the, the, the sleeper agent's name is Evelyn Salt. Right, and then she just goes. She goes on the run. All oh, right. Now, it does, and now that's what. that's where it turns into a Tom Cruise movie. She's jumping from bus tops. It's, it's enemy of the state, but she's from the FBI. Or what's the other one? An honest man. What's it called? Not an honest man. A decent man. What's ordinary man? What? The Jared Butler one that's at the moment. Oh, uh, law-abiding citizen. Law-abiding citizen. <laughs> it does look like again. It's like she's going on the run because she knows she's going to be locked up no matter what. Like even if she's innocent and shit, and she's going to prove her innocence. But it really looks like a Tom Cruise movie. But does it look good? It looks quite good, yeah. The action was more than I thought it would be. Because, again, you, when you see yeah, this switch, switch out of Angelina Jolie, and I thought they might make an actually Judd movie. You know, it's like not that <laughs> much action, but there's a lot of action in this trailer and a lot of big set pieces. So it looks like it could be quite good. Oh, that's interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Anything else? Uh, I want to touch on the fact that uh, I'm a big fan of Grant Morrison. You've read his Superman, right? Yeah. The two, the two volumes of it? Oh, no. No, it's, it's awesome. Uh, Grant Morrison's a great uh, comic book writer but apparently director Paul McGuigan who's the director of Push mm-hmm. he twittered that he was doing a pitching meeting with uh, pitching meeting today Grant Morrison outdressed me with his purple suit I need to up my game this was then updated to say that they're working with BBC Scotland who apparently are pretty pissed off the BBC Wales mm-hmm. if you notice that like Doctor Who visits Cardiff a lot right um, and Torchwood is Doctor Who spin-off and they're based in Cardiff 
Yeah. And so, like, Cardiff's getting all the fucking BBC money, and BBC Scotland have been, like, mulling over the Invisibles and all this kind of shit for ages. And uh, Grant Morrison would, has got on record to say he'd love for, he wants to write for Doctor Who, but no one's fucking asked him. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, BBC Scotland got in here and asked him and said, you know, we'll do it, and got Paul McGuigan on board. And apparently, whatever it is, Stephen Fry's going to be involved as well. Oh, shit. So, Dream Team, well, Paul McGuigan's alright, I guess. He hasn't, he, I think we talked about him before, he hasn't proved himself really. I don't know, Paul, Paul McGuigan for me, I mean, like, uh, my, my favorite movie of his is still the first movie he did, Gags Number One. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and this is exactly the conversation we had after Push, it's like he hasn't yeah. proven himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Push was like, you know, it had its moments, but. I don't know, but do you blame him for that? Uh, it's, it's, it's difficult to say because there were so many fucking things wrong with that movie. Yeah. Okay, one last piece of news then. Uh, big fans of Crank on the show. Yep. Uh, apparently they're going into TV they're going into TV <laughs> with the was it Mark Nevaldine and Brian Taylor a Nevaldine Taylor joint I think they believe they call it um, high voltage crank high voltage and gamer new hour long drama for NBC called Zeros focus on a team of operatives called in as last resorts to solve high intensity situations according to Taylor it'll be the high stop ridiculously expecting them we wanted to do a crisis show doesn't bore you with all the build up leading to the crisis I think he's thinking Digger 24 there we want to drop right into it and stay in an absolute more berserk state of crisis when all the options have been exhausted we're going to take that last 60 minutes and sustain it for the entire show so they're writing the pilot but it looks like someone's read Global Frequency mm-hmm. it's even called yeah, Zero yeah. like for fuck's yeah, sake yeah, yeah, it's yeah, Miranda yeah. Zero from Global Frequency uh-huh. did you see the pilot from Global Frequency the, uh, no. the leaked pilot no no I didn't it was pretty fucking good was it yeah it was, it was actually very fringe meets Warehouse 13, which you haven't seen either, but what's her name? Michelle Forbes is Miranda Zero, just turns up and kicks ass for no apparent reason and fucks off. Great. I love Michelle Forbes. She's great. Admiral Kane. <laughs> One last thing uh, as well. Uh, this is on, I think, um, publicsurplus.com. I have the URL somewhere. But basically, some school is selling off their USS Galileo spaceship simulator. They have a simulator of a shuttlecraft yeah. from Star Trek. Jesus. This is a school. This is... It's beyond sad. I know, but it's crazy. I mean, it's kind of cool for I me. Mean, if you look at the... There's pictures online as well. You can see they've even got the fucking LCA... The, the, you know, the, the, the Star Trek style shit. They've got a big screen inside. How the fuck they... No, it has IMAX in there, so that kind of dates it. And, like, and, and how, how much does this set you back? Uh, I think they're looking for 10 grand at the moment. Um, it's, you know, it's a bit thing, but it's like it has... Uh, up for sale... Uh, the, what was it? The, it's from the Alpine School District. That's not something you say every day. What Chris do you do McAuliffe today? Space Education Center in Pleasantville Grove, Neversale. Those days of pretend are over. Real Starship for the taking. Spaceship simulators complete with stations, networking speakers, main view screen, and everything a, star- a futuristic Starship would have. What did you do today? Oh, I bought the USS. <laughs> it looks like it would just about fit in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's on wheels? <laughs> it's on wheels. <laughs> You'd never get any fucking work done. I would, but I would get it done inside the USS Galileo. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Shall we move on to listener email? All right. So this week we got two emails. Uh, the first is from... Marcus. Right. Marcus writes... Um, I'm going to put on my notes in the middle of it. Dear Buddha, please bring me a pony and a plastic rocket. Oh, sorry, wrong podcast. Gavinine, email you agree is best for someone whose social skills degrade by the year. The other benefit of email is the spell check and the genius of an online thesaurus, allowing me to expand an email, which really should be no more than a short text message for the two-part question that I'll write in the next 12 seconds. Question one, if you could front the money to make a sequel that had to be made, what would it be? Question part two, if you could do away with any movie sequel, what would it be? 
And uh, she also says, look, we could just fire George, Lo- Lo- George Lucas into the sun already. Also, by the way, since Chewbacca and Han Solo both know each other's language, why don't they just pick one and talk in it? And now I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> so, thanks very much, Marcus. All right, you go first. Oh, for, um, so for movies that a sequel has yet to be made. Uh, I was going to say Tron until they made one. Um, but for me, I was thinking... Flight of the Navigator. They're going to reboot this, but I always thought a sequel where they Flight come back. Flight of the Navigator? Yeah. Why don't you have a sequel to Mac and Me while you're at it? <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> Fuck you! Mac and Me is a turd. A cinematic fucking turd. Flight of the Navigator <laughs> is children's classic story. <laughs> okay. How dare you? Mac and Me? I just wanted to say it. I Mac just, and Me was I, hoping for a sequel. You I, know, I, I've seen it. I just wanted you know to at the end where he blows the bubble gum and it says, we'll be back? No, you won't because you're shit. I just want to get your reaction from it. I'm going to punch you in the fucking face. I know you hate that <laughs> Mac and Me. <laughs> Flight and Navigator? Yeah, uh, I, I got Flight and Navigator. I mean, again, I had a list. I, I mean, mean, yeah, I got, I got a huge list, but... Uh, I, big Trouble in Little China, Big Trouble in Little yeah, Italy, that, Big Trouble in Little India. There's a, there's, there's a franchise galore there. I know, no. Big Trouble in Little China was definitely way up there, but I was thinking about it, and the one that I always came back to was the Unbreakable. Yeah. Unbreakable. I mean, as, lo- as long as it could be on par with the first one, yeah. I would really like to see... <laughs> the progression the evolution of that character yeah what he does next because he's no nemesis does he get a new one does glass break out what happens hmm? exactly does he get over his shit with water <laughs> does he meet Aquaman <laughs> <laughs> at last someone I can fight <laughs> God, it's so lonely down here <laughs> <laughs> what, what as well you know it's the theme uh um, Booker Rubens I thought would be one of like, see, yeah. maybe, not, maybe a sequel maybe a remake I don't know but just that level of mad capness in a movie a rock star neurosurgeon uh, quantum yeah, yeah, professor yeah, yeah. just doing crazy shit with the uh, Hong Kong Cavaliers and John what's his name John um, the dad from Harry Anderson's John Lithgow oh John Lithgow just yeah. John Lithgow acting the most insane I've ever seen him uh, I also wouldn't mind seeing uh, the further adventures of uh, spies like us. Mm. <laughs> That'd be cool. That'd be cool. I mean, okay, but yeah, I mean, like a question like that, the list is fucking endless. Mm. But yeah, uh, unbreakable for me. I had Goonies and Deep Rising in there as well. Deep Rising. <laughs> I want to see what happens. Too. I thought about Goonies a little bit, and then I'm like, you no, know, I'm not so sure. I'd want to know what's. Yeah, going now to it's work. a bit late. If it was earlier, yeah, it would have been great. If we had, if it had been like a year later or something like that, or a couple of years later, that would have been great. But as it is now, it's going to be their kids, and I was like, no. You know, I mean, like, uh, you could do a sequel to Stand By Me. Yeah. You wouldn't need to make up an excuse for River Phoenix not being there. Yeah. Char- character didn't make it either. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, and, of course, Army Dragons. We, we need more. We, we need more Ash. We need more Ash. Yeah. So, this is going to be the controversial part, I think. Movies that we could... Sequels we could do away with. Okay. Well, first of all, there are a lot of sequels that, are, that I would rather not had seen happen. But not that you would want them to be retroactively scrubbed from history. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like... The, like, in, like Marty McFly. Yeah. I mean, it's like just thinking about one sequel that I wish to God had never happened, that I really... It really did fucking just destroy everything that came before it was, for me, Highlander 2. <laughs> Highlander That's the peak. The quickening. That's the pinnacle of shit. It is just god fucking awful. I mean, like, it is... It does everything that you do not want a sequel to do. Oh, hey, hands of a flashback to a planet. You're, you're aliens now. Pisses all over the original. Totally. Takes everything that was good about the original and just shits all over it. It brings back Sean Connery for no fucking reason. Takes the... the only does he die again? 
Yeah, I couldn't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't see it on the I couldn't remember. Only this time you don't feel bad because it's like it's meant to be. Yeah. Uh, takes the one cool thing about the original, takes the coolest thing about the original, and changes it. The fact that they were immortal because you know, they were exiled to Earth from the planet Zeist made them fucking aliens. Yeah, you know, like from the planet Zeist. It was just, it was just stupid. It was fucked up. It was retarded. It was insulting. It had flying dustpin lids. It. It because of that movie, the Highlander franchise has been to a certain extent a joke. Yeah. Ever since. No you know, and it's almost like people have forgotten about the original and using the second one as the benchmark. It's like, well, it's not as bad as the second one. It's like nothing's as bad as the second one. But the first one's awesome. It has that The first one is awesome. It, it is has a that, classic. What I love ever making movies like I don't care what you do with the computers, but I want to get that lightning effect like they have in those movies. You know, yeah, that, like, yeah, that, yeah. Is, is it, I don't know if they hand draw that shit on yeah, this yeah, animation yeah, yeah. itself, but it always looks cool. It's the same with the Terminator. I know, I know, I know, I know. Very cool. Very cool. And just to find the rooftop. Oh, fuck. you know, and the Queen soundtrack. I mean, it's like everything about the first one is just it's it's an eighties classic. Yeah, and the second one is just a piece of shit. What's his name? It's it's McTeague, is it? McTeague. Uh, who? Director. Uh, Russell Mulcahy. 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 Yeah. yeah, he's just a piece of shit. It's a piece of shit sequel. I mean, there are lots of shitty sequels out there. I, yeah. w- I wish that there was never a sequel to... I wish that Beverly Hills Cop 3 never happened. I wish that Odd Couple 2 never happened. I've I seen wish- uh, Chinese Angels 2 a couple of times. I still don't know what the fuck it's about. I wish Weekend of Bernie's 2 never happened. Yeah. Bridget Jones 2? I, I wish... You know, that movie... Ne- I mean, like... Again, I wish it didn't happen, but... Yeah. You know, it's like... It's not the worst movie I've ever seen. And uh, this is where it gets controversial. Because I really thought that... The Matrix could have left it as one and actually inspired a generation of filmmakers to fill in the next bit. And I agree with you, but I do not have that kind of hate for the sequels. There's a lot about the sequels that I like. There's a lot about the sequels I don't like. I agree with you. Had they not done the sequels, it would have been this standalone science fiction masterpiece. It would have. Yeah, and everything they did after would just tarnish it slightly. And it, yes, I agree with you there. But I do not, I, I, I'm not one of those guys that's walking around going, you know, fuck Matrix Revolutions. Yeah. <laughs> Reloaded revolution. No, fuck the Matrix revolutions. No. Fuck it. Fuck it in the ass. No, no, I fucking no. hate it. Nah. It's like, good. fuck. I, I mean, going through the whole shit, if you've not seen them, love fuck is, it. Love is a word. <laughs> what is important is the emotion connected to the word. <laughs> the whole, I mean, Welcome to even the Matrix. second one, the, the chat with the, the architect, I was expecting, okay, they're actually going to add a new layer to the movie. There's more to this than meets the eye. They're going to be giant transforming robots in the third one. But... Then they just squandered that. It was like they were they were plugged in in the first one in so many spiritual, philosophical questions. Yeah, and yeah, the second yeah, one, they were they didn't really do, work on that. You know, Neil was overpowered, and that's always a problem once your which your protagonist is fucking Superman. You ha- it's very hard to come up with someone to beat him. Yeah, I mean the DC comics have been doing it for years, trying to come up with just like alien invaders who are fucking ripped for no reason. But just so Clark will have someone to fight. Yeah, exactly. Kal-El, if you mind. But um, <laughs> he prefers Kal. But uh, <laughs> but the, the chat with the architect set it up and they're like, okay, maybe this isn't great, but they're setting it up that there may be more of that spiritual and stuff going on in the next one. And the next one didn't do any of it. And he saves Carrie, you know, the whole big shit of saving Carrie Ann Moss in the second one. For ju- just for her to die in a fucking car crash in the third was just that pissed me off. And that was a death scene that lasted forever. And it was fucking boring. I mean, Trinity's death scene lasted for fucking ever. It was like watching a really bad high school production of Romeo and Juliet where, yeah. where the two characters just won't fucking die yeah and I mean I've, she's not a bad actress. I've seen her she was fantastic in Chocolat I love her in a lot of things because like, yeah. she because she wasn't she was good in Chocolat she was good in Memento I mean she's yeah. a good actress yeah but just this was like fuck you 
So thanks for your question, Marcus. Uh, one other email, it's not really a question, just pointing out something interesting. Um, Mona, who last email is asking about what biopic we should, who, who should get to uh, play us in a biopic. Fucking Simon Pegg, you can't. But um, <laughs> she just highlights to us, and maybe you want to have a look at it as well if you're trying to remember that thing that I sent you. But um, she popped up, there's a really great website called Trope, about, Trope, about all the tropes and cliches that are a massive part of popular entertainment. Even notice how some of the time it's the wife that's hot and the husband's but ugly. That's a technical term right there in American sitcoms. It's called tvtropes.org. And um, they basically, I've had a look at this site before. This is a great site if you have some time to just spend. Just look at a movie and just see all the shit that's in it that's coming from other movies. You have to see all the cliche, the new cliches. I mean, we all know a lot of the old cliches, but apparently they even have a TV trope of Brian Blessed, friend of the show. Brian Blessed. <laughs> like, Shiswick, fresh horses! <laughs> <laughs> On a still day, how far can one hear Brian Blessed? <laughs> Hugh Dennis has this. Hello, I'm Brian Blessed. I'm doing this week's BBC Radio for a four appeal on behalf of the deaf. <laughs> Actually, this is a great page. So, it just, and it gets more and more bolder, fold as you go. He was cast as Odin in the upcoming upcoming film adaptation of The Mighty Thor, but instead, Anthony Hopkins got the part instead. Hopkins! (laughs) (laughs) This is definitely a very cool site to check out. So, again, you got time to spare? Have a look, and thanks for letting us know, Mona. (laughs) Thank you very much. (coughs) Movie reviews. Movie reviews. All right, I caught uh, 500 Days of Summer. And you wrote like 500 words. No, no, it's not that much. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did. 497. <laughs> that was purely coincidental. <laughs> I'm going to have a nap while you do 500 words in 500 days. Yeah, I can do, I can, I can do 500 words very, very quickly. Uh, yes, 500 Days of Summer. This is the new uh, romantic comedy drama starring um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt uh, as Tom Hansen and um, Zoe Deschanel as uh, Summer, the titular character. Titular. 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 But basically... You said tit. I did. I did say tit. Anyway. I really enjoyed this movie. I really enjoyed this movie very much. It's definitely one of the the better examples of its genre to come out in quite some time. What's the setup? You always do this. What's the setup? Okay. Well, the plot is simple enough. Boy believes in true love and soulmates. Girl, to put it mildly, doesn't. Boy meets girl. Boy fa- Smith, right? Yeah. Boy meets girl. Boy falls for girl. Girl is non-committal. Girl likes him though. Girl likes him though, so is conflicted. Girl dicks boy around. Boy goes back for more. <laughs> it's an age-old tale. Essentially, I mean that is essentially the story. I mean, and the main reason he goes back for more is because he is ridiculously committed to his belief that she is the only one for him. I mean, uh, what is kind of nice about this is that uh, the ro- there's some role reversal here is that the character that um, the male character is essentially the female character in a lot of um, other movies yeah a lot of other movies of this genre the drippy character that's right I mean and it's a testament to Joseph Gordon-Levy that he can play a character like this and never become annoying or oh. you know like naggy yeah. or, or, or anything like that he's I not mean, a pussy he's not a pussy you know, and it's cool to see Joseph Gordon-Levitt in a, play a character like this because it, it's it finally he has a character that really gives him a chance to show what he can do. Because this character goes through all kinds of shit. You know, it's like he gets to play the really comical, really happy in love type of character. He gets to play the, the you know the absolutely crapped on like a you know heartbroken character. Uh, uh, he gets to play the sort of in between, the sort of discovery, the, the discovering all, all all those aspects of it, and. 
what's nice about this movie is that all of it's played real. Yeah. None of it feels movie like. Uh, I mean, it actually is given a nice sense of uh, reality. And it is out of order, right? The 500. It is, it is. That's what I mean. I'm getting to that. I mean, what, the, the plot is nothing new. Yeah. Um, I mean, except for the fact that it, it, it shows you um, a, a. Different twist. A, a different twist. It's, you know, it's, a, it's a relationship that is ultimately going to fall apart. Or at least that's the impression that you are led to believe is that this, uh, that this relationship is driving this guy insane. Um, but uh, but it's uh, like I said, it manages to pull off the neat trick of main- of maintaining um, this slightly fairy tale atmosphere. It does kind of have a slightly kooky fairy tale atmosphere to it, but it doesn't sacrifice uh, any of the honesty or integrity of the characters, or um, you know, like the stuff that they go through. Um, the, the the two leads are great. I mean, Zoe Deschanel is very good in, in this movie, but the only thing is, is that we've seen her play this kind of role before. You know, like that so- that sort of um, uh, detached but still kooky and cute journey woman type of character. Um, she was also in uh, Hitchhiker's Guide uh, to the Galaxy. She's in that uh, sci-fi original TV series Tin Man. Yep. Um, and she was also in um, The Happening with Mark, Mark Wahlberg uh, in which um, yeah she was god awful in that movie but everything was god awful <laughs> in that, that movie. movie. But uh, these two I mean these two actors complement each other very very well. Um, but like you said I mean it's, it's, it's out of it's not in sequence um I mean, where this film stands apart from others in its genre is the, is, is the way the relationship is presented. Um, the movie, as the title would suggest, uh, takes place over a span of 500 days, mm-hmm. um, from the first time they meet to the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well done, son, well done. And the film uh, darts back and forth very nicely, um, you know, like between these days, so at a pretty dizzying, dizzying speed. I mean, there are times when I was a little confused. Like, it's like, where, like where, where the fuck? No, I mean, like, in terms of, like, it can jump from day 26 to day 308 to day 28. And so, as all this is going on in your mind, you're trying to get an idea of, like, okay, a 500-day relationship. Um, what would be, like, okay, day 26, that's probably the honeymoon period, day 300 and shit, you know, like, so to try and... So all your neuros- neurosis came into play while watching it? Yeah, something like that, you know, like, I'm trying, in my mind, I'm trying to figure out, in day 360, okay, all right, and, where, and we just, we were in day when just now? Never mind. And I mean, it's not any, it's not anything that affected my enjoyment of the movie, it's just that because it does dart back and forth like that, <laughs> you are kind of like, okay, so are things good now? Are things yeah. bad? Um, There's peaks and traps, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, it's cool to see it that way. I mean, it, it, it kind of brought the, the int- intimacy of it a little closer because you get to see how a character reacts to something on day 15 and then immediately cut to day 237 and see the evolution or, or de-evolution of, of uh, that relationship. Um, what I really liked about it, which I think is what a lot of people who like these kinds of movies... Uh, when I say these kinds of movies, I mean movies like, you know, like Before Sunrise or... Proper romantic comedies that aren't... Or romantic dramas or whatever. But movies like, that are sort of rooted in reality that kind of show you like little home truths about how relationships are yeah. and about love. I mean, romantic that. drama is a dirty word in cinema these days. I mean, you look at all the Catherine Eagle shine and she crap pushes out. Like, well, the Ugly Truth. The Ugly Truth, the like, you know, uh, yeah. 27 Dresses. I have no interest yeah, The entire latter-day output of Sandra Bullock. Pretty much. They give it a bad name, whereas these are yeah. nice of the movies. Uh, I mean, but what, uh, what I really did like about it was... You know, just the way that it showed, like the the many subtle and not so not so subtle truths about love. You know, the especially that kind of love, that slightly bordering on unhealthy obsessive love. Mm-hmm. You know, because his, you know, like a, you know, he he is very stubborn in a sense, and and you can't really feel that 
much animosity towards her because she did kind of she does lay down the law from day one. It's yeah. like this is who I am, yeah. you know. But it's just like so you kind of get this this whole thing of like what happens when you have two very intense but ultimately very different personalities clash. It's the we'll probably have a look on TV tropes later to see. It's the thing where usually the women stay with the men they want to change, whereas men go with the women that they kind of like. Yeah, and and, uh, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, it, he does have a slightly unhealthy obsession with this. I mean, like you know, it's like he just refuses to get over her. Yeah, you know, and so it's like that 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 vicious circle of just constant self torture. Uh, and like, I like you know, why you're laughing when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all those stupid things that for some reason make you feel like you found the one. You know, like and you know, like going back to how they meet, like because she likes the Smiths. Yeah. You know, it's like when you meet when you meet that girl that likes that one band that you love and fucking no one else loves it, and suddenly you meet this girl and you think that oh god, this is a sign. <laughs> but you know, it's like it's like one of the characters uh, says in the movie. It's uh, you know, it's like just because you like the same shit doesn't mean she's the one for you. Yeah. You know, it's just because she likes the same weird shit you do doesn't mean she's the one. And you know, it's a very common mistake sometimes that you make, particularly when you're you know young and you know, foolish. Yeah, foolish. But um, uh, but there's lots of nice little truths like that in it. You know, where you can kind of. Where you can kind of you can kind of see is like oh yeah yeah I've been there yeah yeah I've done that yeah I've liked someone because of something stupid like that or, or whatever. Uh, but there's also one my, my favorite bit was this one bit where there's a montage where the screen where the screen screen where the screen splits and on one side of the screen this is the first time that they meet um, after they've broken off it's like uh, it's like the she invites him to her place for a party and this is like their first time uh, uh-huh. since they've split to try and be friends. And uh, the the montage of it, it's, the screen splits into two, and one side of the screen is got got the got the words expectations, and the other side is reality. reality. And it's really nice the such the such very subtle ways in which they play that. Is it like is it like in JVC, JCVD where he's coming out and he like thinks he does the kick and shit like that? And yeah, yeah. Hails him and yeah, then he yeah, shows yeah. the reality. Uh, it's it's it has a, it has. Um, That's used a lot. Seen that a couple of movies. It's, got, it's, it's always a nice thing to see how we think. Oh, it's. The guy who lives downstairs in space. Oh, um, Marquis. Do you rent downstairs? Brian? Do you think I'm gay? No, do you rent downstairs? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or he's like, ah, Volva. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good that's to right. see yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk to Damien. Installations. Mm-hmm. Pudding. Bam! <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, that, that is very nicely done. And the movie is loaded with lots of little bits like that, you know, which is a refreshing change. Who directed it? Uh, this guy, Mark Webb. Um, Sounds familiar. He's, uh, I think he's a music video director. Oh. Hang on one second. Why are you in that? Actually reminds me, that, I don't know if I mentioned it because I had it on my list for two weeks now, but there's a trailer with Joseph Gordon-Levitt in it called Uncertainty. Uncertainty. Uncertainty, yeah. You see that trailer? I've seen that trailer. It, it looks does, very odd. It does look, it does look There's a lot odd. of coin flipping. It looks like running all the run in certain ways with respect to different approaches to the same situation, but also sliding doors but not really so I, it's quite odd he's a music video director he directed um, uh, uh, Waiting for Green Day uh, th- done videos for Three Doors Down Jesse McCartney <laughs> yeah but I don't think we should hold any of this stuff no. <laughs> I mean like uh, this is uh, it's, it's a, a living right it's a good movie this yeah. is a good movie um, I mean it's not as funny as I thought it would be yeah I was expecting it to I was expecting it to be a lot funnier I found the whole thing very absorbing 
um, and very interesting. And, but more drama than comedy. But more drama than comedy. I mean, there's some nice kooky moments in there, and you know, it does border. It, it is in danger of being slightly too hip in places. Yeah. Where you can kind of where it like where you can, scum. where you can kind of see like uh, they are very conscious of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not something that bothered me, but I wouldn't be surprised if it did bother some people. But I didn't really laugh watching this movie. There was a couple of places where I kind of laughed, um, but even that was more like a chuckle. But I smiled a lot. Yeah. There, were, there was a lot. There was a lot of places where you're like, hmm, clever, nice, smart, nice. you know. But um, in terms of like laugh out loud moments, I mean, if you're looking for that kind of romantic comedy, I don't. I don't. Maybe it's just the frame of mind I was in, but I didn't find it particularly funny. But you found it engrossing. I found it very engrossing. Yeah. Um, I mean, it does have one really annoying thing in there where it has, it, you know, it does that really annoying thing of, that a lot of movies do of ha- giving the lead character a, um, a much younger but still wise beyond her years sister. Uh. You know, it's kind of like the daughter indefinitely, maybe. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, will you shut the fuck up. Nobody talks like that. Yeah. If I ever do have a daughter that young that talks like that, I'm, the, I'm the gonna, Diablo Cody effect. Yeah, you know, it's it's a little that kind of uh, annoying me. The only thing that was kind of cool about that is that the uh, that the sister is played by uh, Chloe Moretz, who's playing Hit Girl in the upcoming Kick Ass. Oh, really? That's, yeah, she's really young. Well, she looks older than I thought she was. In yeah. This well, although you know, Hit uh, Kick Ass was was film what a year and a half ago, maybe. Yeah. So I she's mean, like. 12, 13 then was she old she looks that? younger in Kick-Ass than she does in this in yeah. this she actually looks older um, she's gonna be fucking hot when, <laughs> when she gets older I mean when she's like she's already hot you know she's gonna she's gonna be dangerous Easy she's, she's gonna look like Roman Polanski's ex-wife that, <laughs> that Emmanuel fucking Zeigner whatever Biard whatever the fuck her name the one who was in Bitter Moon yeah <laughs> you know the one right yeah yeah, like the one who like had Peter Coyote like lick milk off her tits. <laughs> <laughs> she did this belly dance over the TV set and then pissed on it. <laughs> Go see Bitter Moon. That is one of my all-time favorite Polanski movies. Great, great movie. Well, but yes, I would definitely recommend this movie. It's a, it is a great date movie. Cool. It's uh, it's <laughs> like, uh, is it a great first date movie? It's like, is this what I'm getting myself in for? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm the kind. I would like uh, to me. Yes, I would say this is a great first date. Because the conversation movie. you'll have afterwards will be very very interesting. interesting. Yeah. I mean, like, if you if if if, if your chick if your if your date doesn't laugh watching this movie or doesn't like walks out of there going, I don't get it. Then you know what? It's a great first date movie because you just saved yourself a lot of money. Yeah, it's a litmus <laughs> test. Yeah, you don't have to see this woman ever again. The question for me though is: Does Joseph Gordon-Levitt's performance is it a patch on his role in GI Joe? I'm afraid not. I'm no. afraid uh, his, ro- his his performance as Cobra Commander just pisses all over. <laughs> Couldn't even tell it was him. His, his movie. performance as Rex, <laughs> the Doctor, <laughs> who becomes Cobra Commander. Uh, no, that is his shining moment. <laughs> he's the De Niro of his generation. He's, he's the De Niro of his generation. All of that shit that he did. In in, in mysterious skin and you know brick and the lookout, nothing compared to Cobra Commander. Fucking love brick. Whatever happened to the the Ryan Johnson? No, Ryan Johnson, someone else. But the, the Ryan, guy, the guy who directed Brick, yeah. Ryan Johnson. It was Ryan Johnson. Yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's a sci-fi movie. In the he, works, he directed uh, the Brothers Bloom. Yeah, which I have not seen yet. No, I've, I've, I've heard, heard good things. I've heard good things about it. Uh, he's also he's supposed to be doing some sci-fi movie, wasn't he? Some it's got the Japanese chick from ba- Babel in it. Oh, Babel. Okay. Cool. And I like her. Okay, this might be a little harder to track down. Um, 500 Days of Summer, as far as I know, is in cinemas now. Yeah, yes. That was Christopher Walken would say, Now! <laughs> Stranded! Frankenstein! Never, never scared, scared me. But, um... <coughs> Your car is alive! Chase me! 
I caught this. We were talking about this movie a long time ago. They had a very. Well, speaking it, of Kickass, did you see the Kickass character posters? Yeah, awesome. I like them. I thought I they were pretty awesome. They all have. I want to get. I want to get all of them. Yeah, so they can smell Kickass. <laughs> if you haven't seen these posters, they have basically the main characters: Hit Girl, Kickass, Red Mist, and Big Daddy. But just from the back. Big yeah. Daddy looks like Magneto. Yeah, he does look yeah. a little bit. But it, it's just them standing on a rooftop, like like in the. the How did you burn? How did you burn? How did you burn? It's in my eyes. It's in my oh. mouth. Bees, not the bees, not uh, the bees. <laughs> but it just shows them, and it's, it's it's like from the first the segments that came out from San Diego Comic Con of that guy who's like a superhero who's like standing on the rooftop about to launch himself gracefully into the air and falls to his death. <laughs> it's just them standing on the on the on a rooftop with their back to the camera. But in the background, uh, the sky is slightly slightly changed with the letters. And if you actually get all the posters and line them up, it says "Kick Ass." Yeah, awesome. This is gonna be so fun. When's it? March? Uh, April. April. Fuck. So this has been. Hard I'm gonna to- take a trip next April. <laughs> I ain't watching that with any fucking subtitles, and I ain't watching it censored. <laughs> Fuck you. You got to Singapore, baby. Uh, dude, even in Singapore, they might cut some shit. You know, mm. it's like. Uh, so I'm thinking a little trip. Oh. April. Mm. UK. Oz. US. I'm thinking Oz. Oz. <laughs> thinking Oz. What that jail from that TV show? Um, <laughs> with him scream I saw a movie called Dead Snow we talked this a long time ago because it had some very very cool marketing for a little small movie they did like little bits and pieces out there and they showed the best bits a lot of good bits and pieces uh, as most trailers do I know but this was actually you know they, they did a slow drip on this and they did it in the right way there was just bits and pieces and it got a very good word of mouth going so it's called Dead Snow um, or in Norwegian Dead Snow and uh, it's, it's an Norwegian movie directed by Tommy Vercola, written by Stig Frode Henriksen and Tommy Vercola. They p- apparently previously directed a Swedish parody of Kill Bill called Kill Bujo. <laughs> so um, what this is is basically uh, a load of skiers, eight, eight skiers, or eight, uh, eight friends, eight med students go to the cabin in the woods where there's no cell, no cell coverage. And actually one of the characters is very much a movie buff, two of them are, and they actually reference that. They're actually saying like, oh, how many on the walk up? Because it's a bit of a walk up to the cabin. It's like, how many movies start with um, the big damn reference? How many movies start with a group of friends going out of phone coverage and have a conversation about it? And like, he gets gets kind of interested in this girl because she mentions a few movies about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, and he's wearing a brain dead T shirt at some points in the movie as well. Go on. Uh huh. Galvin's gone to get a drink. <laughs> Got to get a little fridge by the couch. So. Um, it starts off they're just having some fun and it, it, it does it's very aware of the tropes of again look it up on TV tropes the tropes of horror movies you know there's the, the final girl what? the final girl you ever hear that phrase? uh yeah if anyone you know the final girl is uh, Laurie Strode from Halloween or any you know it's usually the girl who's like a, you know she's not nothing she's nothing spectacular until eventually you know murder tries to kill her and issue. And suddenly she's fucking Monster Hunter from, from hell. She's fucking Rambo. Yeah. It has that. I think another part of that book I read recently is that there's the gatekeeper as well, who's that old guy who warns you. Yep. The grandfather from The Lost Boys. From The Lost Boys. is like, you know, tread carefully on the snow here. Uh, apparently what happened was that this area was uh, taken, up, taken over by the Nazis during World War II. And these were, these were I mean, Nazis are dicks, but these were really dick Nazis. You know, they were killing people left, right, and center. They started not realizing the war was going badly. Went into everyone's houses and confiscated all their gold, their shit. The, the villagers eventually raised up against them and they ran off into the hill, the mountains. But, like, this is fucking cold. 
and died. And so these guys are like, okay, whatever. It doesn't help either that like the gatekeeper characters are always played by someone who looks more frightening than the actual fucking. And it's like this as well. This guy just fucking turns up and he's like, like he looks like some demon. He's like, you can go there. Can I have a coffee? <laughs> So can I get a coffee? So uh, he turns up, he w- tells them the story, and they're all like, yep, yeah, whatever. And uh, they're waiting for Sarah, who's, uh, she's the athletic type. The rest of them have just driven up. They're all medical students. Um, While you're in the middle of this review, I just suddenly feel the need to say that Sidney Poitier can't act. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> Sidney Poitier. I was just thinking. I just, <laughs> Shut up. Anywho. Did I interrupt you in your 500 words of summer? Uh, <laughs> so, game to film guy. Um... So what happens is that basically Sarah hasn't turned up yet. She was going to hike. She hike. She's she uh, skied over the mountain to get to where the cabin was, and they haven't seen her. They find a pack, and they don't know where the fuck she is. And her boyfriend's a bit pissed off, and that he's brought his snowmobile, so he goes off to look for her. And the others are left back in the little shack. And uh, Nazi zombies attack. It's not spoiling anything, but Nazi zombies fucking attack. And it's it's quite a slow build at the beginning, and it's building very slowly up to it. But there is a lot of cool snow, skidoo action. He's got a skidoo. Right. So, um, it's basically, with this movie, because it's quite small, you don't know any of the actors, you know, and you have no idea, like, they, 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 they follow the trope of the final girl, there's one girl you think she's the final girl, mm-hmm. she ain't. Right. <laughs> she gets iced in a really nasty way, like, it's not only nasty, it's like harrowing. Oh, right, Jesus. And, like, even the, the gatekeeper says, like, oh, we're all med students, if anything happens here, we should be fine, although we haven't learned how to banish them you know never ending evil yet and he's like the guy just grabs him by the throat he's like how smart are you going to be when you're holding your entrails in your hand <laughs> so it's kind of reference I think it's kind of, there's a lot of entrails stuff on there and I think they're referencing dog soldiers with that there's a lot of references to evil dead in this movie where there's a whole load of crash zoom assembling shit shots uh-huh. which is great I mean the first time they do it you're like ahaha evil dead you've seen your movies and then it's like oh they're doing it again awesome and they do it like right it's like you know uh Tear, tear, tear some rags wrap around stick dip in tank mm-hmm. like, like, like torch to go on the ground and uh, the zombies in this are fucking awesome they're really cool I mean Nazis evil zombies evil Nazi zombies fucking awesome and they got like the full range they got the guys in the, the turtle helmets they got like the commandant zombie who's missing half his fucking face and just goes and they even have like the snow trooper He's like wearing like an all-in-one white jumpsuit and just this grey face and it's like uh, and they're fast zombies. These are fast zombies. Is it a long film? Um, it's not too long. It, like I says, it does. Like you could, you could say, this beginning is slightly slow, but it's not because you're building the characters and you're seeing. Yes, he's the fucking doofus. He's the jokey one. He's the guy who you know. He's a med student who's afraid of blood. That doesn't last. Mm-hmm. And uh, this movie has fucking oceans of Clark they must have shot a lot of scenes like straight after the other because like they're getting you know blood splatter from when the zombies attack and then when they have their plan to try and survive there's more blood splatter mm-hmm. these guys take it to them this isn't like about halfway through they're like alright fuck this I'm not gonna sit here and take this shit and then tool shit <laughs> I mean the trailer one of the early trailers I mean it's not spoiler but it's like there's a skidoo with a machine gun oh really yeah cool and uh, the guy who's got that the guy who goes looking for his girlfriend like he runs into a shitload of them on his own and he deals with them and he comes back like fucking Rambo he starts off in this kind of like uh, digital camo uh, ski suit and he comes back it's totally red his neck is fucking there's Rambo's reference he's sewing himself shut he has to use tape to hold his fucking neck together and he's just like you know he turns up and he's like hey because the, the two guys are fighting shitloads of zombies he turns up and ices a load of them mm-hmm. and they're like hey 
where have you been? He's like, I had some difficulties. It's quite deadpan, quite funny. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Norwegian subtitles are pretty good as well. But um, it's not as much of a comedy as outlined in the previous trailer. I mean, there's, I mean, there's some people... They do have, again, they reference a lot. You know, it's like, is it the original Dawn of the Dead? Or, you know, the reference in Shaun of the Dead where someone has to get actually physically ripped apart. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I think it's in the, the original Dawn of the Dead, uh, Dawn of the Dead, which is one of them all, Dawn of the Dead, right? Yeah. Yeah, the original Dawn of the Dead, someone's there screaming while their intros are being ripped out. They do that. They do head cracking brain shots, like, they just rip his fucking head apart and his brain falls on the floor. It's very <laughs> visceral. The blood is fucking everywhere. But, uh, yeah, it's very good. And, like, we get to the ending, it's like, can't say much about the ending because you know you don't want to know who the final person is or yeah. what the story is or whether they make it or not. But you don't see that coming. Yeah. Okay. Well, you kind of do actually. I was thinking something's coming, but um, definitely, definitely a good movie to see. And blo- it's just visually as well. I mean, like you know, there's a shot of a guy just having his lunch, sitting on a skidoo up on him. He's, he's on the, the the peak of a mountain, and just the, the view around him is amazing. And nothing looks better than zombies, blood, and snow. And just the, the visual of zombie, you know, like they they, they, they kill fuckloads of these things, and there's only the one commandant left, Commandant Herzog. Herzog. And it's like, let's lay this fucker and go home. And then he just goes like, Ugh, and there's a rumble, and like they've been mentioning avalanches. You know where the hand of the it's Bester's law, Bester's, mm-hmm. Bester's gun. You have to mention something before you're going to show it, like in a. Because they do, like they talk about if you're ever caught in an avalanche, how you should like spit because then you'll see where gravity goes and so you know which way to dig up. Because they've found people who dig the wrong way because they didn't realize which way was up because you're so disoriented when you land in snow. Right, right, right. They do mention avalanches a bit, and um, you're expecting an avalanche, but no, it's just that the snow is fucking. It's like the fucking the the, the dragon's teeth in Clash of the Titans or Jason and the Argonauts. Right. There's just zombies coming up out of the snow in their Nazi regalia. And this looks awesome. Excellent. So yeah, if you like, if you hate Nazis, you hate zombies. You look, if you like movies where zomb- Nazis get it you like movies where zombies get it it's a good movie to watch and it does have that scene where he's cutting himself up because he's gotten bitten yep 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 doesn't quite seem necessary though because if they haven't set the, the tone that these are these that those are those type of zombies that you, you, they're the infected right these might be just cursed people so he might have cut his arm off for no reason <laughs> but it's good it's very good and with eight, eight of them actually you think it's going to go a while but actually they get whittled down very fast cool so definitely, definitely, if you can get it, I think they're going to be. Uh, I, got, I saw the Norwegian DVD, so I think there's, uh, they're going to release it with the uh, English English uh, dubbing called Dead Snow again. I think they're going to remake it as well, but definitely catch the original. It's the best. Cool, definitely. Yeah. Right. Cool. Let's move on to the US and Malaysian box office top tens. Coming in at number ten in Malaysia. Sorry, Surrogates. Number nine, Inglorious Bastards. Would anyone bother seeing that here? Okay. I haven't bothered. So there's no reason. Well, it went from number two to number five. To number nine. No, it was, you know, it was number five and now it's number nine. Yeah. Uh, number eight, up and up. Number seven, The Time Traveler's Wife. That's only out here now. Hmm. Yeah. Number six, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatball. Awesome. See it. Number five. Steve! Sorry. Uh, Adivan. Adivan. Number four, Ninja. Ninja. Not Ninja, ninja. Assassin, but just Rap. Ninja. Number three, Jennifer's Body, which I hear sucks. Well, I've been hearing good. I've been hearing from a few outlets and saying it's actually good. It should be marketed really badly. It's actually a story about two friends who are girls, and it's like one's the bitchy friend, and she goes like way overboard in the bitchiness because she's a demon. Mm-hmm. As opposed to the kind of they've been pitching it towards teenage boys, whereas apparently that's not. It's not the movie it's been made out to be, mm-hmm. but it is actually quite good. All right, okay. I'm interested to see it anyway. Number two, Poker King. I haven't heard of that. Number one, Michael Jackson's This Is It. I was reviewed last week. 
Now the US top 10, number 10, Circuit de Freak, The Vampire's Assistant. I was listening to a review of this and they just said it's fucking abysmal. Everything about this movie is off. The pacing's terrible. The characters are deadened. Really? Yeah, I really well, bad stuff. That does not bode well for the new Twilight movie. No. Same director. Really? Number nine, Amelia. Mm. Number eight, Astro Boy. Both Amelia and Astro Boy have been getting pretty rough reviews, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Number seven, The Stepfather. It's been in there for a while now. I know. Number six, Where the Wild Things Are. Someone at Warner Brothers is pissed. <laughs> Number five, Saw Six. Number four, Couples Retreat. What was it? Something kept Saw Six off the top spot. Uh, paranormal activity. Paranormal activity. That's what we're saying. It's the first one that hasn't like opened yeah. number one. Yep. Number four, couples retreat. Number three, law-abiding law citizen, citizen, defying bad reviews and hanging in there. Number, number two, two, paranormal, paranormal activity. activity. Number. So I want to see this. Number one, Michael Jackson's. This is it. Yeah. I'm scared of paranormal activity. I hope. I hope it's not going to turn out to be another fucking Blair Witch experience. Mm. But then again, okay, I mean, you already know it's bullshit, so it's just, yeah. hopefully they'll just, hopefully it'll be uh, really You know, it's the scares. If you get the scares right, if you can get, like, you know, the scares good, you're good. And, okay, as to it, play us out this week. As it is per normal, we'll be leaving you with an audio recording. This is uh, one of George Carlin's beloved riffs, in which he, in which how he talks about how he finds people very fucking boring. The late, great George Carlin. Awesome. Thanks for listening. Good night. You wouldn't know it. For some of the things I've said over the years, but I like people. <laughs> I do. I like people, but I like them in short bursts. I don't like people for extended periods of time. I'm all right with them for a little while, but once you get up past around minute, minute and a half, I got to get the fuck out of there. And my reason for this, my reason is for one that you may share, possibly. I have a very low tolerance level for stupid bullshit. That's all. Stupid bullshit. And everyone wants to tell you they're stupid bullshit. And a lot of them don't know when to stop talking. You ever run into that guy? Doesn't know when to stop talking, just continues running at the mouth like verbal diarrhea. <laughs> don't know when the conversation's over. Stupid, trivial shit you don't care anything about. Things you're not even remotely interested in. Did I tell you about my mom and dad? Well, my mom and dad went on vacation down to Mammoth Cave, Kentucky. This is about six years ago, I think. Seemed like it was six, about six years, years ago. Six or seven, possibly seven, could be. Somewhere in there, six, seven, more than six, less than seven. Let's call it six and a half. So my mom and dad went on vacation in Mammoth Cave, Kentucky, and my dad found a big rock. What he thought was a big rock, turns out it was a dinosaur turd. A petrified dinosaur turd, 27-pounder. You know, now that I think of it, it might have been eight years ago. That would have been close to Y2K, wouldn't it? Remember Y2K? Whatever happened? Everybody's all worried about that. Nothing ever happened. <laughs> Big fuss. Nothing ever happened. You know? God. That's strange, you know? So let's say, we'll say it's eight, eight years. Eight, it was either eight or five. So my dad gave my mom this big turd. He said, here, mom, this is a big dinosaur turd. Put it in your purse and take that home. 
My mom said, Dad, I don't think this is a dinosaur turd. This thing is still warm. Whoever dropped this thing is still walking around in here, and we better get the fuck out of this cave. Nine years ago. Nine. I know it was nine because my wife was pregnant with our first boy, Mahmoud Ibn El Saeed Ben Salam. And he's ten now. Maybe he's 11. He's either 11 or 5. And while all this is going on, you're searching through your mind for something diplomatic and tactful and graceful that you can say to help end the conversation. And all I can ever come up with is blow it out your ass! 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 But you can't say that. You, good manners don't permit it. You have to find another way. And I go to body language. I try to use my body language to show that the conversation's over. I find myself leaning at a 45-degree angle, <laughs> trying to indicate the direction I'd like to go if this person would just shut the fuck up. And that I might even give him a verbal cue. Surgery! Surgery! I'm late for surgery! <laughs> I'm having my ears sewn shut. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Same people on the phone. Same people on the phone. Don't know when to hang up. Don't know when the conversation's over. Dumb, trivial shit. Dumb questions. So what are you guys going to do five summers from now? We haven't made any plans. Marge wants to go to the beach. The kids kind of like it at the lake, and I want to go to the mountains. Grandma wants to visit her sister in Frog Balls, Arkansas. <laughs> How about you? You made any plans? It's never too early to make plans. We're going to Norway in 2025. <laughs> Did you know that up until the 1950s, Norway's economy was based largely on fishing? But now, thanks to the expansion of the world economy, it's once again, you're searching through your mind for the right thing to say to help end the conversation. Shut the fuck up comes to mind. Um, how about uh, shut your fucking pie hole? Or if he prefers cake, shut your fucking cake hole. But these things, you don't want to, you can't say those things. And you can't use body language on the phone. Well, you can always amuse yourself, you know. <laughs> Or if it's your mother, you show your mother respect, you put her on speakerphone. But that doesn't move the conversation along. You have to find another trick. And I go to tone of voice. Do you ever use your tone of voice to try to talk them into a soft landing? You try to coax the person toward the end. Right. Good. Okay. Good. All right, then. Good. Right. Okay. Good. Okay. okay. All right. Oh, fuck. There he goes again. <laughs> you remember my neighbor with the burns on 90% of her body? Well, she burned the other 10% now. She was lighting a fart and her bush caught fire. Listen, li listen, Reverend. 
Reverend, Reverend, I, I hate to be rude, but I just took a three and a half hour shit. <laughs> and I'm bleeding from the asshole. <laughs> well, I don't have any Mercurochrome. <laughs> yes, I, yeah, I'll put a Snoopy Band-Aid on it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, thank you. You do that for me. Yes, say a prayer for my asshole. Thank you very much. You have to resort to these tactics because many people do not understand what a phone call should be or what a phone call is. Ideally, a phone call is the brief exchange of a few vital pieces of information. This is a phone call. Hey, Steve, what time's the circle jerk start tonight? <laughs> Ten o'clock. Okay, listen, I'm going to be a little bit late. You'll have to start without me. Oh, don't worry, I'll catch up. I'm eating a whole bunch of oysters and watching a horny movie. Uh, it's called Tarzan Fucks a Zebra. <laughs> Russell Crowe. <laughs> well, it's kind of a fantasy. Right now, Renee Zellweger is blowing a unicorn. That's a phone call. It should not be a two-and-a-half-hour harangue of your third cousin describing her mailman's liposuction. God, people are fucking boring. People are just fucking boring. You know what would be great for a guy like me? Just to be in a coma. Wouldn't that be great? Nothing to do all day. You just crap out and breathe through a fucking tube. They feed you through a tube. There's nothing to do. Oh, you talk about being a couch potato. That's it, man. No phone calls coming in. Nobody dropping by unexpectedly. And if they do drop by, you're completely unaware of it. Because you're in a fucking coma. And you're practically clinically dead. And you don't have to listen to their stupid shit. Their stupid shit, like about their new ride around lawnmower with the two-tone horn and the GPS in case they get lost on the lawn. <laughs> and their boss and their job and their car and their kids. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs>